You are listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. So today is the third Sunday of Advent, the season of preparation for the celebration of Christmas. Uh, Speaking of preparation, I heard a story about a boy who was preparing for a quiz in Sunday school. They had been learning about the nativity story, the Christmas story, and the teacher said, hey, there's going to be a quiz to make sure you've been paying attention. So this kid was kind of a sly little kid, so he decided to write a few answers on his belt, you know, to help himself out during the quiz. And so the teacher said, okay, tell me, uh, what was the name of the woman who gave birth on the very first Christmas? And he checked his belt, and he was like, Mary. She's like, that's right. Good. She said, now tell me, what was Mary's husband's name who traveled with her to Bethlehem, and he checked his belt. He peeked out, and he said, Joseph? And she said, that's right. And then she said, now tell me, what was the name of the baby who was born in a manger? And he peeked down, and he said, Calvin Klein. (laughs) Sometimes the preparation backfires. (laughs) Well, this is a season (laughs) of preparation. I thought that joke was pretty funny, actually. This is a season of preparation, and so our inspiration for this Advent series actually comes from one of the most well-known traditions of Advent, and that is the the Advent wreath and and the candles. And so each of the candles, we've been lighting one every week, represents something uh, that we want to embrace this time of year, something that Jesus came to fulfill. So in week one, we uh, we lit the hope candle. Last week, we lit the faith candle. Today, we're going to light the joy candle, which is also known as the shepherd's candle. It's known as the shepherd's candle because it reminds us of the good news of joy that the angels announced to the shepherds on that very first Christmas. So we're going to look at this text that we read this time of year, the famous words of the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. Here's what it says. That night, the very night that Jesus was born, There were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Now, the whole Christmas story is marked by joy. It just permeates the Christmas story as you read it. In fact, I would encourage you to read it this time of year. I mean, here is the angel. The angel announces good news that brings great joy. And later on, we read how the shepherds go and they worship, right? They, they worship the baby Jesus. And, and there's a, a part in the story where Mary greets her cousin Elizabeth and she bursts forth into song. As you're reading the story, it almost feels like a Broadway production at points. Like, and I think if there was a, a name for this Broadway production, I think George of the World would be a really good name for it. If the Christmas season is anything, it's a season of joy. It reminds us of God's desire for you and me to experience joy, to know the joy that comes from knowing him. I believe, I really believe this, that God is wanting to give us this good gift in this Christmas season, the gift of his joy. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. 
I, I know right now, even as I'm sharing about joy, it's kind of like, well, Pastor Jeremy, that sounds really nice. You know, a message about joy during the Christmas, you know, during the Christmas season. Okay, yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing that we hear about. But how am I supposed to actually experience joy when my circumstances are less than joyful? Because some of you, that's you right now. You're walking through a season right now where there's a lot of things you're feeling, a lot of emotions you're feeling, a lot of things you're, you're experiencing, and joy isn't necessarily at the top of the list. How, how, do, how am I supposed to experience this joy that you're talking about when I'm going through what I'm going through right now? If, when, when you experience miscarriage, when, you, uh, when you've lost someone that you love in recent months, when a loved one is sick, when you're experiencing drama at school or financial challenges or uh, loneliness or just seems like your prayers aren't being answered. Answered. I know it's easy to kind of feel like, well, you know, it's, it's easy to feel joyful when I'm in a joyful season. It's, experienced, it's easy to experience joy when I'm in a, a season of joy, but what about when I'm not? Well, I want to help you with that today. I really want to help open your heart. I want to help kind of prime the pump for you over these next few weeks to experience this work of joy, this gift of joy that I believe God wants to bring into our lives. So first of all, let me say this. Let's not confuse joy with happiness. How many of you know there's a difference? Joy and happiness are not necessarily the same thing. There's, there's a difference. Happiness tends to be connected to our external circumstances, I'll be happy when the weather's good, you know, when there's money in the bank account, when I'm feeling better physically, when my relationships don't have so much tension in them, when my football team is winning. Hello, my football team's not winning right now. Pray for your pastor. Happiness often is connected to our external circumstances, but scripture tells us that joy is actually produced on the inside of us as a result of the Holy Spirit working in us. In fact, joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, right, for the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. There it is, second in the list. And so let me give you this thought. Happiness is based on external circumstantial reality, but joy is the byproduct of, spirit, of a spiritual internal reality, something that God wants to do on the inside of us. It, it, it's a gift of the Spirit. Let me give you this example, okay? I don't really like cold weather. I don't mind cold weather so much between now, you know, and Christmas Day. There's a few snowflakes flying out there today. Okay, let's get into the Christmas spirit. That's wonderful. But come January, I'm done. That's good. I'm, I've had enough. Let's move on. <laughs> Spring, go ahead and get here. And so I keep my house, you know, nice and warm and toasty. Now, some people, you go to their house and it's like freezing inside because they're trying to keep the energy bills down. I understand that. But for me, it's worth the cost, okay? The, the internal reality of my house often does not match, match the external circumstances. It might be snowing and cold and windy outside, but inside my house, it's nice and warm and cozy, okay? You can come over. We'll have some hot chocolate together. <laughs> and I will be happy with my high utility bills for the month that kept me warm. But I want you to see the difference between this internal reality and external circumstances. Joy is an internal reality. It doesn't depend on your, your circumstances. Joy is about knowing God. It's about experiencing his presence. It's about trusting him despite your circumstances. In fact, let me show you this scripture that we've probably all heard before. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 says, Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I think often when I've read that scripture... I've focused on the latter half of it, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I think that's powerful. But something hit me this week as I meditated on that scripture, that it's the joy of the Lord. Like this joy that we're talking about is a joy that comes from the Lord. Like it's his gift to us. We can't manufacture 
joy, but we can help create the conditions by which the Holy Spirit can cause joy to grow in our hearts. I've got good news for you. Joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit. How many of you know that fruit can be cultivated? We, we can't manufacture it, but we can cultivate the conditions of, of our heart that invite joy, that, that work with the Holy Spirit to bring about joy in our hearts. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're feeling right now, no matter what you're walking through, opening your heart to the possibility of joy, working with the Holy Spirit, cultivating the conditions of your heart so that this fruit of the Spirit, joy, this gift, and grow in your heart. Let me give you a few practical ways to embrace joy. And I want to invite you to get out your phone, open up the Redemption app, and there's a spot where you can take notes every week. If you don't have that, get it from our website. But, but some of you, you need to write these things down and put this into, into practice in your life over the next few weeks. And so let's talk about it, some practical ways to embrace the joy of the Lord. Here's the first one. Number one, we experience joy when we practice gratitude. Come on, everybody say Gratitude. We experience joy when we practice gratitude. Now, how many of you want to know God's will for your life? Anybody? How many of you would like to know God's will? You don't want to know God's will for your life? Put your hand up for the person next to you, okay? I'm going to actually give you God's will. You came to church today. I'm actually going to give you God's will for your life, every one of you, and it's actually going to apply to each of you. Anybody interested now? Anybody going to lean forward a little bit now? All right, here's God's will for, for your life. This comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. This is what the Apostle Paul said. He said, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Paul says, this is God's will for you, to rejoice always, to pray continually, to give thanks in all circumstances. And I think if we had an honest moment in church today, we could just admit that we tend to do the opposite. We tend to rejoice if things are good. We tend to, to pray as a last resort, you know, when we can find some time in our busy calendar. Maybe we'll pray about it. We'll send up a prayer to heaven. We, we tend to complain in most circumstances, if we're honest. Paul says, do, do the opposite. I love what uh, Dr. Brene Brown says. Many of you know Dr. Brene Brown from her best-selling books or maybe from one of her, her TED Talks on vulnerability. She said this. She said, I will practice gratitude to access joy. Think about that for a moment. I know she's a secular researcher, but I think there's some biblical truth in this statement because all truth is God's truth. She said, I will practice gratitude to access joy. See, I think most of the time we, we get this backward. I think we actually tend to think that I'll be, I'll be happy when life gets easier. I'll experience joy when life gets easier, when my problems get solved, when all these tensions are resolved, when I buy that thing that I really want. That's when I'll be happier, and then I'll be grateful. But Brene Brown tells us something that I think Scripture actually backs up, that it actually works the opposite. The secret to lasting happiness, to true joy, is to practice gratitude for what you already have. Gratitude can help produce joy in your life. And you say, why is that? Because when we practice gratitude, it transforms everything that we have into a gift. How many of you know that's true? You need to take note of this today because gratitude is powerful. Gratitude is powerful. When you practice gratitude, it transforms what you already have, maybe what you're taking for granted, into a gift. It changes your perspective. It changes your heart. And so I've learned to pray on a regular basis. I've taught my kids to pray this way. God, thank you that I slept in a warm bed last night. 
God, thank you for the roof over my head. God, thank you for this cup of coffee this morning. Can I get an amen for some people who need caffeine to function? God, thank you for this cup. God, thank you that I don't have to worry about where my next meal is coming from today. God, thank you for my beautiful wife and my children and my church family. A thousand different little blessings that are already in my life that I could easily take for granted. And as I begin to thank God for them, they become a gift to me. You ever find yourself just getting in a rut where you, where you complain? I know y'all are more spiritual than me, but I get in some ruts like that where I start complaining around the house. And Amy's like, you need to go get right with Jesus because you're just complaining. You're just nasty. I get like that sometimes. And I know when that happens, I need to get out and just go on a prayer walk and just begin to give God thanks. So many times we just rush right to all of our requests. Now you need to stop and, and give thanks. And when I do that, so often it changes my perspective. When I just begin to give thanks, it changes my perspective and it often leads to joy. And so let me give you like a practical homework assignment in this Christmas season that may bless you if, you're, if joy has been a little bit elusive for you. Start practicing gratitude. Maybe you wanna get up every day in your phone and write down two or three things that you're thankful for every day. Maybe you wanna start your prayers off. You don't know where to start in prayer. Sometimes we get in a prayer slump. Just get up every day and begin to thank God for all those things that we talked about before, all those blessings that somebody in the world would love to have. Just begin to thank God for those things. Maybe you wanna go on social media and post something that you're thankful for every day. I see people doing that. Well, for once, why don't we use social media for something uplifting, like sharing things that we're grateful for. Watch what happens if you intentionally practice gratitude. It'll begin to produce joy in your life heart. What are we talking about? We're talking about how do we, how do we experience joy? How do we cooperate with the Holy Spirit who wants to bring about this fruit in our hearts, this gift of joy? Here's the second thing. Number two, we experience joy when we embrace childlike faith. What kind of faith? Childlike faith. Listen to what Jesus says in Luke chapter 18, verse 17. He said, truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Those are powerful words. Think about that. Jesus said, you want to know what, what kind of faith it takes to enter into the kingdom of God, to experience the kingdom of God invading your life? It takes childlike faith. And when I think about childlike faith, I think about total dependence and absolute trust, full trust. Come on, how many of you parents know that children, they, they know how to trust their parents? Like my kids, they go to the refrigerator, they open the door, they expect food to be in there. I have never had my kids ask me, hey, dad, are you doing okay? Is the mortgage paid this month? Is that good? <laughs> you know, I've never been driving in the car with my kids. And they're like, by the way, dad, how much is this car payment? Or I've never been on vacation with my kids and a couple days into it now, now mom and dad, did, do we have enough in the bank to cover this vacation? Like, can we afford this? They're like, no, we're just ready to do whatever we're gonna do today. How many of you know that's true? Come on, kids are not sweating Christmas plans right now. You might be all stressed out about all the stuff you gotta do for Christmas plans, but kids aren't worried about it. They're just pretty sure Christmas is gonna show up and it's gonna be great. And I know what y'all are thinking. Yeah, that's because they don't have to do anything. I get it, I understand that. But let's take Jesus at his word. Let's take Jesus at his word. We don't wanna miss out on the kingdom of God. Jesus said that entering into the kingdom of God, anyone who receives the gift of the kingdom of God, it comes to them via childlike faith, total dependence and absolute trust. And so let me ask you this question this morning. What do you need to do to embrace childlike faith? Make that personal for a moment today. What do you need to do to embrace childlike faith? Maybe you need to rest Maybe you need to take a Sabbath day. You know what a Sabbath day is? It's a day 
of rest. We read in scripture that, that even God rested from his work of creation. Sabbath is a reminder that God is the creator and the sustainer of the universe, and you are not. And if you take a day off, the world is not going to fall apart. Can I get an amen, somebody? Like you need to embrace the gift of rest. Maybe you've been carrying something. Maybe you've been, been carrying something that you've been trying to be in control of. And if you would just be honest with yourself, it's just bigger than you. And you need to release it to God. You need to come to the moment, maybe a moment in worship today where you say, God, this thing is too big for me. I'm going to trust that you are a good, loving, heavenly father. You're good and you've got this. And I'm going to release this burden to you. And as you release that burden, joy is going to fill your heart. Maybe for some of you, it's learning to depend upon God. There's something specific you need to learn to depend upon him for. You need to learn to pray first and worry less. You know, our natural drift is always toward total self-dependence. We always drift toward total self-reliance. And maybe God is challenging you today, encouraging you today, inviting you today to depend upon him like never, never before. Let me just give you an example, okay, of how I've experienced this in my own life a couple of years ago. During COVID, during lockdown, uh, for many of you, you know that we started in the AMC theater right over there for five years, a church and a movie theater. And then COVID came and we were in lockdown. And then after a while, things began to open back up. And of course, the movie theater was still shut down. And so we were trying to find a place to meet. We we're like feverishly looking for a place to meet. And other churches that own their own building were starting to open up. So you really start feeling that pressure, right? Like our church is online only and we need a place to meet. And I was going out with a real estate agent looking every day, trying to find something. I'm just telling y'all, the options were bad. Like, I mean, I think they took me to see a crack house one time. I was like, no, we can't meet here. Okay. Like, it was bad. It wasn't quite that bad, but almost, okay? And so like there was just nothing turning up. And I feel like the old Jeremy, I would have just been stressed out. I'd have been a mess. I'd have been just sitting at home, just moping in it. And, uh, but, but, you know, as I'm growing and learning to depend upon God, my, my mother-in-law was coming in for a visit that summer. And we said, forget about it. In the middle of all this, we're going to go out. We're going to go to the beach. Come on, we did something really spiritual. We went out to Long Island. We got a hotel. And we went to the beach and just had fun for a few days. It was almost like, God, we're going to trust you with this. We've been praying. We've been seeking. We've been asking you. And so, God, we're going to trust you. And we went to the beach. And would you know that when we got back from that weekend away, that is exactly when we got the phone call that we could meet at the Carver Center and reopen our church. Yeah, after doing something really spiritual, like just going to the beach, okay? Some of you are like, I could be down with that, Pastor. I could get on the plane and go to the Caribbean right now. <laughs> Here's the point, church. Give yourself a break today. Embrace childlike faith. What are you carrying that, that's just so heavy that you just need to release to God and say, God, I trust that you are a good and loving heavenly father and every good gift comes from you. And God, I'm going to release this to you and trust you with it. And watch the joy that comes over your life when you do that. We're talking about embracing the gift of joy. We're talking about cultivating joy in our hearts so that the Holy Spirit can cause this to grow. What do we need to do? Number three, we can experience joy when we invite it into our lives. When we invite it into our lives. Well, how do we do that? Well, worship is a really great place to start. Hello, you're in the right place this morning. You showed up. You're in the right place this morning. Worship is a great place to start. Let me show you what the psalmist said in Psalmist chapter 16, verse 11. He said, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Worship is a great place to start because what happens when we worship, we invite the presence of God into our lives. What does the scripture say? God inhabits the praises of his people. So when you worship, you invite the presence of God into your life. And often with the presence of God comes the joy of the Lord. 
We all know the scripture that talks about a peace that passes all understanding. I, I think the same thing applies to joy. I think there's a joy that passes all understanding that comes in the presence of God when we, when we invite it. I can't tell you how many times my heart has been heavy that I just puts my AirPods in, my noise-canceling AirPods, and just put some worship music on and begin to worship God. And the heaviness lifted off of my heart, and the joy of the Lord came, and the joy of the Lord was my strength. How many of you have experienced that? Moments in worship where you worshiped, and God just began to replace that heaviness with a spirit of joy. Sometimes you have to invite joy into your life. If you want joy, you got to invite it into your life. That reminds me of a song that we used to sing growing up in church. We used to sing this song called, The Joy of the Lord is My Strength. It was kind of a rousing, like kind of fun song, like, The Joy of the Lord is My Strength. Any of y'all sang that song? You know what I'm talking about? Most of y'all are like, no, I grew up Catholic. We never sang that one. I don't know know that one. (laughs) We chanted. (laughs) The Joy of the Lord is My Strength. And then there was this one really cheesy line that we sang, and it went like this. If you want joy, you must laugh for it. Ha, ha, ha. And then we literally all laughed. And then there was a verse where we all laughed together. Ha, 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 ha. Like to the melody. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. And the first time guests thought we were all on drugs. They're like, this is a cult for sure. I don't know what these people are smoking. Right? Now, we laugh at that. And looking back at that, it was kind of cheesy. But I think there was something so genius and downright spiritual to this idea. If you want joy, you must laugh for it. You know what that song was saying? Like, you got to invite joy into your life. You got to invite joy into your life. Sometimes you got to stir up joy. You got to do something fun. You know, I talked about listening to worship, but you know something else I do? Sometimes I just put some fun music on. I just put on some 90s jams from my era and I start dancing around the house while I'm doing the dishes, right? My kids will tell you. Like that just helps me snap out of it sometimes when I'm in a funk. You got to find, you got to invite joy into your life. How do we do that? How do we experience the joy of the Lord? Number four, we can experience joy by choosing it. We can experience joy by choosing it. Did you know that you can choose joy? You can choose joy. Here's what the apostle Paul said, Philippians chapter four, verse four. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Now, when Paul wrote this verse to the Philippians, when he tells them to rejoice, he was not writing them from a seaside five-star hotel. Okay, he was actually in prison. This is what's known as one of the prison letters. He was writing to the Philippian Christians from a jail cell, less than ideal circumstances. Paul was probably feeling a few other emotions, right? Other than happiness. And yet he tells them to rejoice. He was choosing joy. He was choosing joy. And isn't that so true of life? Often there's like a range of emotions that we're feeling. Uh, how many of you know, like sometimes we tend to talk about life being good or bad, but how many of you have lived enough life experience to know that often your life is full of good things and bad things happening at the same time? Good emotions and bad emotions, right? And so here's what we do with the help of the Holy Spirit. We learn to lo- locate joy on the inside of us and we lean into that. We choose that. We choose that. We pray into that. We choose to animate. We choose to emphasize this, this sense of joy above everything else. And, and I'll prove it to you if that sounds like nice preacher talk. Have you ever been around somebody who had joy in really difficult circumstances? Like it didn't really make sense to you why this person was joyful? A few months ago, actually earlier in the year, 
my dad, uh, my, my dad who's 78 years old now, had a series of operations. And, and my dad's always been somebody of really good health. And he's, he's a pastor, but he's always worked physically with his hands and loves to fix things. Fix things. And so my, my dad had this series of operations. Um, he had a hernia repaired because he still thinks he's Superman. And he's always trying to lift things that he shouldn't be lifting. And so he had a hernia and he had kind of a negative side effect from that operation, which meant he had to have another operation. And then out of that operation, he had some clotting and he ended up back in the hospital. And so I called my dad up thinking my dad's going to be a little bit down. You know, he's had this series of operations. And I know my dad, he's, he's like, go, go, go all the time. He does not want to be sitting in a hospital bed. And so I called my dad up expecting him to be really heavy. And, and I'm like, hey, dad, how you doing? And he answers the phone. He's like, oh, he's like, hey, oh, babe, I'm doing fine. I'm doing great. He's like, they're taking such good care of me here. And I got the best doctors and the nurses are amazing. And the hotel room is so nice. Like, I mean, the hotel, the hospital room is so nice. You couldn't ask for a better hospital room. And the, the food, it's hospital food, but it's not so bad. In fact, I asked the nurse for some ice cream and she brought me some extra ice cream. Like you would have thought the guy was in a hotel room, like getting room service, right? I'm like, what kind of drugs are they giving you there in the hospital, Dad? But, but what's the deal? He was leaning into the joy of the Lord. He was choosing joy. I'm sure he was feeling a lot of other things, probably some disappointment, probably some frustration after a series of, of health issues and, and a series of surgeries, you know, probably a little bit of sadness. But what was he doing in the moment? He was choosing joy. He was choosing Joy. How many of you know you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose how you respond to them? We can't control our circumstances. And that's the problem with happiness. Happiness is often tied to our circumstances, which change, right? And so you can be happy one moment and sad the next moment, but you can always choose how you, how you respond. And let me just tell you this. You'll often find in life what you're looking for. And we talk about this whole idea of choosing joy. Let me add to that this idea. You often find in life what you're looking for. We, we can't control what happens to us in life. We can't always control what we get out of life, but you always get who you are. You always get who you are, what you choose. And so, for example, if, you're, if you always find yourself, you know, looking to be offended, you'll be offended. How many of you know somebody like that who's always offended about everything? I got friends on social media that I went to high school with. They're always offended about everything. Offended at people's bad driving. Offended at people's bad parking. Offended at the waitress in the restaurant. Offended at the cashier. Like if you're always looking to be offended, you will find offense. How many of you know there are plenty of people who are willing to oblige? This is the New York City area. They'll cut you off in traffic. They'll push you off the subway. They'll curse at you, right? Like if you want to be offended, you will find it. If you, if you're always focused on what's bad in the world, oh my gosh, you know, look what's happening in the world. If we could just get back to the good old days, whenever those were, right? Like if we could just, you know, it's just what's happening in this country. Ugh. And so if you're always looking like for what's bad in the world, that'll be your experience. If you're always complaining, if you're always looking for things to complain about, how many of you know, there'll never be, there'll always be a list, an exhaustive list of things to, to complain about. If you're always focusing on what you don't have, you'll find it. But if you lean into joy, if you choose gratitude, if you choose to be thankful, if you choose to find the good, even in the midst of the bad, if you choose to find what's positive, you will often find that thing. And so you've got to choose joy. And then here's the fifth thing. We're talking about cultivating joy, the joy of the Lord, this gift that God wants to give us, especially in, in this season of joy. Here's the fifth thing. We experience joy when we share it with someone else. We experience joy 
when we share it with someone else. I love this quote from Mark Twain. He said this, to get the full value of joy, you must have someone to divide it with. Think about that for a moment. To get the full value of joy, you must have someone to divide it with. Here's the amazing thing about joy. Like joy multiplies. God is able to multiply joy. So it's not like there's this limited supply of joy so that when you share joy with someone else, you have a little bit less for yourself. No, no, God is amazing. How many of you know there is no limit to God's store of joy? God's got all the joy we could ever need. And so what happens is when you share joy with someone else, often it causes joy to multiply in, in your life. You want to experience joy, share it with someone else. I can't tell you how many times God has invited me has asked me to share joy with someone else when I wasn't feeling it for myself. I can't tell you how many times God has prompted me, invited me to pray for someone. Uh, Maybe stick around and pray for people after service on a Sunday morning or to, to call somebody up and pray for them, to visit someone, to send an encouraging text. Uh, even as I was preparing this message, God began to put people on my heart just to reach out and text and, and check on them. I can't tell you how many times that I've been given the assignment to preach. And even though I had a heavy heart that week, because I'm a human being like you, and there's times when I have a heavy heart, and yet God's asking me to build others up, encourage others up. And can I tell you, I've lost track of how many times when I've brought joy to someone else with a heavy heart, that God has multiplied my joy. In the midst of serving someone else, in the midst of loving someone else, God has brought joy into my life. And so don't be surprised this Christmas season when God prompts you, when God gives you an invitation, when God puts someone in front of you and you have the opportunity to share joy with them. It may be meeting someone's need. It may be blessing someone. It may be being a little bit extra generous towards someone. It may be a friend or a family member that you haven't talked to in a while, that you need to reach out, just send a text, just give them a, a call. Like, I really believe God is going to give us opportunities to bring joy to someone else. And can I just encourage you, when God places that opportunity in front of you, don't miss it. Don't miss it, because here's what's gonna happen. Not only is God gonna use you to bless that person, but I believe the joy is gonna be multiplied back, back to you in your life. Because joy multiplies when we share it with others. Now, let me give you another example, Okay. We have a very practical thing we could do this year through the Christmas offering. So there's going to be a lot of different ways to spread joy. God may ask you to pray for someone, may ask you to give somebody a hug, help somebody. But one thing we can all do this Christmas offering is share joy with people in need. Can I just reframe this for a moment? I know it's the end of the year. I know, you know, we're hearing all these things about inflation and maybe you're feeling like your finances are a little bit tight. Like, how can I give in the Christmas offering? Let me reframe this for a moment and just talk to you about how we have the opportunity to bring joy to other people. Think about this for a moment. One of the things we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to invest in all of our community outreaches that we do throughout the year. And one of the things that we do around back to school is we provide backpacks full of school supplies for families in need. Now, can you imagine being a mom or dad that somewhere you check off and let the school know that you actually need help with, with a backpack and school supplies? Because that's how we find out about these things. Can you imagine the joy of receiving a backpack, a brand new backpack for your kid and, get, and having the school supplies in there that they need to be able to give that to your child and then have to worry about how you're going to provide that. I want you to imagine the joy of, of a Ukrainian family. Can you imagine right now living in a war-torn country through the holidays? I want you to imagine the joy of a Ukrainian family who returns to their home that they had to leave, that they had to flee because of this war. Can you imagine returning to 
your home and there's no electricity in the middle of winter. I've been over to Ukraine in the winter. It's cold over there, y'all. Imagine going back to your house and you have no electricity and somebody provides you with a generator and you can turn the lights on for free. Imagine the joy that, that, would, that comes to a, a family. We get to do that. Uh, imagine the joy that comes to a child that we get to rescue out of sex trafficking. That's one of our initiatives this year. Can you imagine changing that child's life from utter darkness to light? Do you see it? We don't have to give, we get to give. I believe one of the callings, one of the mandates in our lives as Christians is, is we're called to spread the joy of the Lord to a broken world. I'm not talking about a namby-pamby Christmas joy. Oh, joy to the world. A, a Christmas card, just something nice we say at Christmas. No, I believe that the calling of God is on his people, on his church to spread the joy that comes from the love of Jesus Christ to a broken world that so desperately needs it. Come on, let's be a church. Let's be a church that, that shares joy with the world around us. God is inviting you and me to embrace joy in this Advent season. Happiness can be elusive. Happiness can come and go. It can change with the circumstances. But joy, joy is a, a spiritual, internal reality, something that God does on the inside of you, and you can experience it no matter what is going on. But Pastor Jeremy, can I really experience joy right now when my heart is broken? Can I really experience joy when I'm experiencing some depression? Can I really experience joy when there's this stress in this relationship, when there's all this bad news of inflation and my finances are tight and groceries are so expensive? Listen to me, with the joy of the Lord, your external circumstances don't have to determine your internal reality. Your external circumstances do not have to determine your internal reality. You can allow the Holy Spirit to grow joy in your heart and watch how it changes your perspective. And for those of you right now who are walking through an especially heavy time, a time where maybe things are, are hard, maybe things are difficult, maybe you're hurting, maybe there's a sense of loneliness and joy feels really far away. Let me just leave you with the words of this Psalm. Psalm 30 verse five says, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. Come on, hold on to hope. Better days are coming. You're going to get through this. It's just a season. You're going to make it. Don't give up. God is good. God is faithful. He'll be there for you. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. Pastor Jeremy, I don't feel strong. I feel weak. I feel like I can't hold it together. I feel like I'm, I'm going under. I've always tried to be strong for my family, but this year I feel weak. Listen to me. I've got good news for you. It's not a joy that comes from you. It's not a joy that comes from practicing positive psychology and psyching yourself up and telling yourself that you can do it. It's a joy that comes from the Lord in the midst of your circumstances, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your loneliness. And church, let me encourage you, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's our strength. Would you stand with me this morning? Come on, we're going to pray into that. We're going to welcome that. We're going to invite joy. We're going to worship for joy this morning. Maybe you want to bow your head. Maybe you want to lift your hands this morning. Can we just invite the joy of the Lord today? God, we thank you. We thank you for this beautiful season that we find ourselves in. God, we thank you for the message of Christmas. It's a message of, of good news that brings great joy to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. God, today we invite 
joy into our lives. We're choosing joy today, despite our circumstances, despite whatever emotions we're feeling today. We're choosing joy. We're choosing joy. God, make us people of gratitude. We want to begin to give thanks for a million different blessings that we've taken for granted. God, it's so easy for us to focus on the negative, but Lord, today we choose to see your faithfulness, your goodness, your blessing in our lives. Lord, today we embrace childlike faith. We just release the burden. Go ahead and name that thing. God, we give it to you knowing that you are a good, loving, heavenly father. It's too big for us, but it's not too big to you. And so we release it to you today and we receive the gift of just being a child in your house. Lord, we recognize that you're not just bringing joy to us in this season, but you're going to give us an opportunity to share it with someone else. And so father, help us to be open, to be mindful, to be receptive to your invitation to share joy with someone else that you place in our path. And God, we thank you that as we do it, you're gonna multiply joy back to us. God, we thank you. Weeping may last for the night. Joy comes with the morning. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you believe that, if you receive it, would you say amen? Would you give God some praise in this place? Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.